Welcome to Oakwright's In The Frame. My name is Tim Crump. This is episode four, Self-Build Finance. For today's episode, I welcome Tom McSherry of Build Store. We are going to investigate everything you will need to know or every question you may ask about how to raise a self-build mortgage and your journey all the way through the process of putting together finance to enable your self-build project to run smoothly right from the start. When a client has a limited deposit, cost-based lending and advanced stage payments are really essential. Building regulation inspections can also be carried out by the warranty provider, that's correct. Yeah, the inspector. I was saying don't be caught up in interest rates, the most important thing is cash flow, but interest rates are important. Today I'm very pleased to welcome Tom McSherry, National Relationship Manager of Build Store. Tom and I have known each other for many years, and whenever I have a question regarding finance for one of our customers, I always get straight on the telephone to Tom and ask him and point him in the direction to help assist the customer. But Tom, great to see you. Good to see you, Tim. How many, Tom, how many years have you actually been in the self-build industry now? Um, I've been working for Buildstone now um, for 16 years um, prior to that. I was probably another 15 years in financial services um, and got the opportunity to join Build Store uh, 16 years ago, which is a really exciting change and transition from um, an industry that can often be quite transactional to something that's far more granular and exciting. But helping people design their own homes is as beautiful as the one we're sitting in today. <clears throat> Great stuff. Well, what we'll do is I will ask questions. I think I'll try and work my way through I'll try and think of every question that anybody could wish to ask about uh, a self-build mortgage. So I'll start off. First of all, what is the difference between a self-build mortgage and a standard mortgage? If you're going to buy a house, you you go and raise a mortgage. But really, I think a self-build mortgage is slightly different. Is that correct? Yeah, there's some fundamental changes. Ultimately, it's still a mortgage. It's a first charge security. Um, over often what would be a plot of land rather than a finished house in normal circumstances. <clears throat> the key difference is when purchasing a, a, a new home, all the money is released to buy the home on day one. The key difference with a self-built mortgage or a stage payment mortgage is, is probably more accurate because they're able to fund both self-builds, renovations, conversions, extensions, um, loft conversions of your home. The key difference being the money is released in stages as it's required rather than all the money up front. Um, and that way, the customer's only paying for what they take at each stage, which certainly helps affordability. That's great. Um, now, as I remember, I think Raymond Connor, who is the owner and founder of uh, uh, Build Chief Executive, Store, yeah. Uh, I remember Raymond set up what was really the mortgage that helped to get the self-build industry going as we know it almost, which was the accelerator mortgage, which... Whereas with a normal mortgage, for uh, it's on a valuation style mortgage where you 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 build the you carry out the building work, you have it valued. Hopefully, it's valued at uh, more than what you spent on carrying out the work, and then you get you are given some mortgage money by the bank or the building society. And Raymond was a visionary, really, wasn't he? He mm, he yeah, saw how how can we change it around when you're building a self-build house you're building your own home and you're going to put your foundations in well you need the money to pay your ground worker as you as that as that part of the project progresses it's no good trying to build out organize a valuation afterwards come in and get the money weeks or months later you need the money 
on the way through the process and the accelerator mortgage was developed for that. Would you like to tell us a little yeah. bit about that? It was, was very innovative uh, in terms of back in the late 1990s when, when Raymond created what was the accelerator mortgage. Prior to that, when I mean, you mentioned banks and building societies, Tim, um, the, the industry is supported almost wholly by regional building societies that they have done for decades. And it's been the clues in the name building societies. It's why they were originally formed. Um, but you're right that pr prior to that that change in evolution of product, um, you many lenders didn't lend on buying land, so you already had to own the plot, um, and you needed a, often a reasonable amount of money to pr progress the build through the various stages. Um, that in itself works in many instances, um, but for most people who didn't have the means to buy land outright and the the key the, the key issue that was most people had was the valuation based element where you could pour twenty five thirty thousand pounds into the ground and if the valuer comes out and has an opinion that the value hasn't increased in line with that then the client may not have received any funds back after completing a key stage um, which could create a, a drain on their cash pot and have a real impact on the ability to pay their trades and suppliers and i think one of the real um, benefits of the product and, and how it was designed was when working with an off-site manufacturer like Oak Frame or you know, as, as a lot of um, self-builders want to be more innovative in terms of their thermal performance and design, working with some of the great off-site manufacturers, um, the payment schedule for that can quite often be a, a large percentage in terms of its design element and then the final payment for it to leave the factory Yes. Because it's bespoke design for a, a single plot. Um, you therefore needed all the money to pay for it before it left the factory. Again, needing for people to have larger deposits. So it really was pushing it towards the wealthy second and third time house mover. Yes. Um, what the accelerator mortgage did was reduce the level of deposit required um, and putting the money in the client's bank account before the stage began. And that was... That was real um, revolutionary at the time um, because therefore and that's effectively what it does. Um, what the benefits of that is you of course can pay your tradespeople on a more regular basis. Um, you're not having to wait for a key milestone and hoping that the valuation would go up. Um, you're, you'd re dramatically reduce the risk because your, your lending was based on actual costs rather than value. Yes. So you were getting a percentage of the money up front to pay your manufacturer, which was a real game changer at the time. Which the interesting one there is sometimes I think when you when you go and start on a site, you've got a nice greenfield site with a, uh, a planning consent, but actually when you start digging holes and start initially and up to slab level, sometimes the actual value goes backwards, doesn't it? And it sounds peculiar, but it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily go up for a while, almost until you get to that dry shell stage where you've got the the, the, the encapsulation system all standing and it looks like a house, yeah. which can be quite, even with a pre-manufacture, is quite a way down the line or quite a lot of expenditure out to get to that point on an evaluation. So that's where the accelerator really works well. Yeah, and it, I mean, that developed over the early years from you know, 75, 80% of land and build to the current day where we've got a range of lenders at 80% of land and build, a range at 85 of land and build, and products now ex extending up to 95% of land and build costs, which really um, opens up the market to particularly first-time buyers and 
hopefully changes the demographics of this, the self-build profile. Well, I think that's great. And that's where custom build really comes into play with the, with the, the service building plots and to bring people who can aspire to get onto the ladder of self-build, which is absolutely fantastic. Let's just talk about what do people, when do people need to start to think about their finance and, and, and what, when do you become involved? When is it best to become involved within the project? Yes, it's a really good question. Actually, Tim, it's when our incubation period where a customer could, could be probably more into years rather than months, um, I think it's particularly helpful for any client starting on the journey that they should embrace the financial element at a very early stage, probably even as early as pre-design. Um, the, the starting point should always be setting your budget. Um, and that's not simply going onto a computer and looking at a calculator. It needs to be bespoke um, against a sector that supports the, the self-build. Um, and knowing your budget, whether that's to buy the land and do the build, or if you already own the plot, understanding your build budget, I think that extends a real benefits to the architect or designer that they're designing a house based on a given budget rather than actually, unfortunately, more often than, than, than we would prefer. Um, they design a beautiful house, then come and see how much they can borrow to build it, which almost seems the wrong way about. We always try with it, with it with design to talk to people and, and uh, guide them towards what the cost of the house will be. And obviously we know that quite often that can vary. You can have the same house and the cost to build out can vary quite considerably depending mm. on fixtures and fittings. Now, from experience of a, a couple of the, the, the young chaps who work for us who've recently built their own houses and you used your mortgage services, uh, I know that uh, you, which was good for them, had the discipline of really drilling their costs early on and making sure everything was allowed for and also contingencies. And, and, and that is something you do on a regular basis, is it, Tom, or how does that yeah, process normally work? It's, you certainly shouldn't take a broad brush approach to it. Um, the mortgages are available to allow customers to purchase their land without line planning permission. Um, and then, of course, what there is is the detailed design phase and building regulations. So some of their build costs might not be nailed down um, at that stage. But what we do have is real experience in a department who can analyse and support the client through a costing service to ensure that everything that they're likely to have by way of budget can be explored at an early stage. Setting responsible budgets are really important. Um, building in contingency, which should be at least 10% of the project, um, and the, the year that we've came through, which has been a challenging year, has brought about some real increase in material costs. So that, that contingency um, is particularly important in times like this, but there can be a gradual creep. So analysing the bill costs are important, um, ensuring that healthy contingencies are included, and that should happen at an early stage. Um, because I think the client can then, um, rather than the, the, the big ticket items, as when they understand the budget, they can start to look at the finishings. Because you're, you're absolutely right, Tim. You know, a 150 square meter house could could be twice what some one person builds to another simply by the internal finishings absolutely. and kitchens, floorings, the, the the big ticket items. But if they know their budget at the start, then that's been taken into consideration yes. um, at an early stage. And again, benefiting the design team to and design a house to that budget. <laughs> So if we just describe, probably you need to, or to help me in more detail understand uh, 
description of the, 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 the two different types of mortgage, really, which is the valuation mortgage and the mm. accelerator. What is the difference? And, and would one type of mortgage be more suitable for a person than another? So could, would you better give us some scenarios there of what, when one may work and what are the advantages and disadvantages of each one in different situations? Of course. Um, both have their place. Um, we use both, of course, regularly. Um, when a client has a limited deposit, quite clearly cost-based lending um, and advanced stage payments are, are uh, really essential. Yes. Um, the question is actually a risk-based question. Um, I, I'm a self-builder myself. It was a number of years ago now. But I suppose if I was asked the same question, would I want stage payments controlled by a valuer coming out and I would only know what I would receive at any given stage post-valuation, mm. or would I prefer to mitigate that risk and move to a cost-based lending principle, either in arrears or advance? Um, as someone who's risk-averse, I would quite clearly move to cost-based lending. Um, where a client already owns a site and they have a considerable amount of savings, to, if the valuation doesn't go up, they've got additional funds to drive the project forward in arrears stage payments. Valuation-based might be indeed very much fit for purpose. Would that vary? Do the two different mortgages have different costs or are the rates the same or which is, how does that uh, the, work? The rates, I mean, the, the lenders have a, a range of rates, the self-build interest rates. And um, we were speaking to the team earlier um, and I was saying don't be caught up in interest rates. The most important thing is cash flow, but interest rates are important. You know, they, they tend to sit mid to high 3% to mid to high 5% and everything in between. Yes. Um, but the, the product design team in BuildStore, I think you know, some of the innovation that they've created that's allowed flexibility and, and support from our lenders, things like interest only during the build, you only pay for what you draw down at each stages on an interest only basis. <clears throat> when the build's completed, the lender will then often invite you to choose one of their standard residential products. That's so the self-build rate's actually temporary. Yes, I find that quite interesting. Simply during the build. Because you know, we, all get, we all get hung up on what is the rate, what is our mortgage rate, don't we? But I did find it quite interesting that you outlined that, well, let's just remember that we are, this is probably only going to be for a year or a two-year period. So it is, it is what works best to put the, the, the money into the bank account to enable you to go on and get the build completed and then you remortgage at the end onto a standard mortgage when you've got your house built that can be valued completely. Absolutely. So getting caught up in what is the rate, what is the best rate, it's actually what is the best way of getting the money into the bank account for you and which mortgage I think fits your personal personal circumstance because Absolutely. that's quite interesting that all of us are, our personal circumstances vary, don't they? So what mortgage might work for you best may not be the best uh, company for me or may not lend to me for some reason yeah. because of a, a, a reason of finance or the, my personal circumstances. Yeah, it's risk-based, so that's really important. Um, I think it's important to ask customers, do you, do, from, a, from that point of view, would you, are you comfortable with valuation-based lending in arrears? We understand that the cash flow could work with that. Or would you prefer cost-based lending? It just creates certainty. Um, the and I think under self builds a bit of a misnomer. Uh, there, there are very few people uh, actually physically will get their hands dirty, particularly from start to finish, because 
I mean, there'll be tradespeople can do certain elements, but not all of the build. Um, most of us, like myself, will appoint contractors. Um, and I think what's important from a financing point of view is understanding that. Are you a self-builder um, who's going to do much of the work yourself? Are you project managing it yourself where you have individual trades requiring payments at certain times? Or are you working with a main contractor who wants paid in milestones at the end of each stage of the project? Um, all of that will uh, certainly influence the cash flow requirements of the project. My own experience, we talk about milestones on a build programme. Um, my own experience wasn't about just about milestones because I used an off-site timber frame system, um, but it was monthly payments, weekly payments, daily payments because I had tradespeople needing me to go to the builder's merchant to buy materials for certain things. So I couldn't depend upon milestones um, and certainly needed help with funding in terms of buying the plot and the build. So um, it, cash flow definitely is the focus. Interest rates play a part. Once we have a range of lenders yes. who can support the cash flow, then we focus in on the interest rate that's most suitable. And um, the timeline, we did mention the timeline of the process of setting up the finance. How long does it, what do people need to do uh, in a way of setting up their finances, getting everything in order, getting all their, their books, so to speak, in order, ready to take the finance? And how long does it take to get the a self-build mortgage and the finance for self-build in place by comparison with buying a house, so that people understand that, what do we need to do to make sure we're in a best position to get the finance in place? And at what point before we've bought our building plot or we've got our building plot, do we need, what's the timeline really for that? Yeah, and the process should be more detailed because we're talking about a construction project and cash flows, materials. So it's not just a transactional buying a house, which the normal mortgage process will take around six weeks or so. Um, you, it's more likely to be closer to eight to 12 weeks um, on the self-build because there are build costs to be analysed, there's planning, plans to be, to, to be assessed, things like site insurance, structural warranty to be put in place. Um, building the cash flow so the customer knows what they're receiving at each stage. So there are added processes within self-build, conversions, renovation projects that you don't have under a transactional, straightforward vanilla purchase. So the process should take longer. But I think it's important that, that it should because it's not about doing it quickly, it's about doing it properly and ensuring that the cash flow and um, the transparency of what you get at each stage is calculated properly and the build costs are looked at carefully. It's about finishing a project, not just organising a mortgage. So we're talking six to 12 weeks to get the sort of the mortgage offer, I suppose, that's in yes. place. And then once you've got the mortgage offer, how long is that normally in place for? Yeah, most lenders will have three months, some lenders are six months that the okay. mortgage offer is valid. So you know, give yourself a six-month window yes. um, in terms of preparation and having a mortgage offer in place. And, I know, Tim, your own client profile, many of them will have funds to fund most of the build mm. um, and might only need funds to complete the build, perhaps the internals. But equally start nice and early, understand your budget. <clears throat> and it may be that they organise the funding at the start and take a small drawdown at the start and then use their own funds and the mortgage is live ready for them at the end. Um, so yeah, each project differs. There's no two projects the same. It's about good housekeeping, really, isn't it? Getting all your everything in line so that the, the project runs smoothly and 
there's, I think there's enough to think about, isn't there? Enough decisions to be made on the way through a self-build without uh, creating stress for yourself. So if you get the finance absolutely in line early on, even if you've got the money to buy the plot and start the build, make sure the finance is there. Talk to yourself early on so that it's all sorted and and, and the project then becomes a more enjoyable project. Very much so. It's, I mean, the finance will will reduce stress if organised properly. If not organised properly, it will certainly increase. I mean, we've all seen TV programmes that will... <laughs> where the, the, quite often, the, the lenders not giving them any more money at this stage. It might be there's more money to take, but it might be related to if the valuation hasn't increased yeah. in line with the client's perception of the client's spend, um, the funds aren't being released. So, yeah, putting a well-designed cash flow in place as early as possible or reduce much of the stress that comes with um, not just managing the build, but your relationship with your trades and suppliers. It's really important. There's a lot of tradespeople spend their life chasing chasing money and don't make that your project. No. A good project in place and ensure that you're in a position to meet the payment terms with your supply chain. I think we always find the best projects really run where it's a, it's the relationship with all the tradespeople all the way through the the, the project. And if there's a good relationship there, you have that goodwill, don't you? And, yeah. and, and, and it and that is all really about being paid, working well with each other, talking to each other, and and if if all those points are in place, it does make the whole whole process run more smoothly. Yeah. We had um, I was just thinking there's. Obviously, we when we we all focus on this is the cost of my plot, and this is the cost of all my construction work. But actually, there are costs which need to be taken into consideration. Which, when you're raising the mortgage, sort of in between, aren't they? So there, are, let's just think about this. There's the valuation that will be needed of mm. the plot, the valuation for the end value of the house when it's built. Uh, there'll be a warranty to sort out. For the for, for for the project, there'll be site insurances, sort of yeah. around about if we if we're talking of a, a say a build cost of four hundred thousand, say, on a, a a nice sized house, what what sort of um, cost should we be allowing in on top of the mortgage or to be incorporated for all the extra bits and pieces? Yeah, there is a number of professional fees that comes with self and custom build that you don't have under the normal house buying, which would have a solicitor and a valuer. Uh, so you get your legal fees and valuation fees. Depending on the delivery channel that you choose, you could have, first of all, planning permission, building regulations or building warrant, um, site insurance, structural warranty. Um, there could be architects fees, engineers fees, yep. site investigation work. Um, bank conversions might have bat surveys, uh, slow worms, new, there's a number of invest, site investigation work. Um, but that depends on your delivery channel because working with someone like yourself, the design works in-house. So yes. there might not be an external uh, architect set of fees that comes with a package solution. Yes. Um, so it depends on the delivery channel that the client chooses. But they will certainly have, you know, it could be anywhere between 10,000 and 50,000 professional fees depending on that delivery channel. Um which of course sounds a lot, but there are benefits of self-building your own home, of course, with the stamp duty only being applicable on the purchase price of the plot, not the end value of the house. No. Um, the potential for a VAT reclaim on materials at the end of the build programme. So that's often been offset, those additional professional costs. And of course, the, the, the real benefits 
have been able to design a home that's where you've not had to compromise. It's designed for your needs and your family. That's I think that was one of the most um, enlightening things for me in the process I went through was the first time having renovated a house in the past was not having to compromise. You're designing something suitable for your family to high qualities. I mean, I know you've done award-winning um, environmentally friendly um, development, the passive house, yes. um, which was, again, um, fairly revolutionary um, in terms of the system. But more more people now are taking a greater, uh, have a greater eye on how the performance of the house it's is post-completion. Performance of the house, it's how, the, how you're, it's designing a house, isn't it, for how you live? And uh, over this last year, with, with 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 COVID and so forth, I think the way we live has slightly changed, even more to more working at home. So that can be designed in. Uh, your people are moving, looking for more space, moving to the countryside. So we've found there's been quite a, a, a surge in interest because of that. Yeah, very much so. Um, and then and then it is the it is it is the dream. And then the great thing is that the mortgage is there. You have the finance there to be able to help to create those dreams. Yeah. But I think that it is, we always have to remember it is challenging, but I think at the end, if you can get everything in line, working through methodically, you will make it work. It will work well. And it, it'll be, there's nothing quite like creating your own home, I don't think, is no, there? Uh, yeah, abs absolutely. And, and I still remember the first night moving into our home. Um, it, it, it really was... Um, a game changer for us as a family and 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 flexible because it's been able to change um as the older ones left home etc um but but it was my house isn't a grand designs by any shape or means it's a very cost effective design um simplistic design um people tend to think that this is you know people spending absolute fortunes to build their own home it doesn't have to be that it can be an affordable way to have a family home, and it certainly was, it certainly was from our point of view. Um, but it's, but I think you're right. What the interest and demand in, in self and custom build over the last year with what's going on, I think, has definitely increased. Been People being able to work from home, been given a greater element of choice in terms of the the, the, the open space, their garden space. Um, there is there is no doubt there's a greater demand now than, now the one than thing, um, previously. Just thinking really was there also that we must not forget about, and we mentioned there in the, along with all the different professional fees, is the warranty. And the warranty, yeah. a self-built warranty uh, for a project. Just explain to me, why, why, why do people need a warranty? What is the warranty? Why do people need a warranty to link in with their mortgage, link in with their build of their, of their self-built home? Yeah, there's a couple of important safety nets <clears throat> that sit within a project um, during the construction phase. Um, you'll have site insurance in place, which gives public liability, employer liability, because as a as a self-builder bringing trades people to the site, you're you're responsible for their welfare uh, and safety. Um, so, and and the site insurance forms the buildings insurance as a, the, the superstructure starts to form, um, provides legal expenses, and if there's site office, it can insure mat materials when they're on site. You've then got a structural warranty, which you take out at the beginning of the project and becomes live at the end of the project. And it provides a guarantee, as you would with the, the, the volume house build market, has a national house builder certificate, a 10-year guarantee. Self-builds and custom builders is exactly the same, where that 10-year guarantee is important if there's a, a structural defects become apparent further down the line and you have an insurance to look back on. 
And, and that's important not only for people who have mortgages, it will be a condition of a mortgage, um, but for cash buyers and builders, um, it's important to ensure the building and provide a suitable warranty because life can change and there may be a need for a property to be sold within 10 years. And of course, the question will be asked, where's the what, what warranty, warranty system was in place? I think it's almost very important for people who, who are cash buyers who buy the, buy the plot because it doesn't immediately spring to mind then. So we always have to make sure we explain to people that you must go out and get a warranty. And quite often people say, well, I don't actually need a warranty. I can afford to build the house or carry on. You say, well, no, no, it is if you want to sell that house in the first 10 years after it's been signed off, that uh, the mortgage providers will require a warranty. And you, you may find that you can then only sell to another cash, cash buyer, which limits your market. So for the cost of getting that in place, that's good housekeeping gain early yeah, on. So. It makes life run smoothly in the future, no matter what life throws at you. If circumstances change, all the paperwork is in place, allowing you to deal with the situation to be able to sell your home and gain maximum value for it. Yeah, and particularly with a mortgage in place, that's part of the stage release process. So the warranty provider will inspect the house. In England, they can also uh, do the building regulation inspections as well. So they do the sign-off at each stage, which triggers then the subsequent releases. So really important to have it in place. Um, and that can be organised as part of the mortgage journey that we have for okay. our customer. Now tell me, Build Store, do Build Store do a warranty? How does that... Is, yeah, we have our own build care product that, that will provide, provide the client that 10-year guarantee. And what is that called, Tom? It's Build Care. It's a 10-year structure warranty. Okay, so that's the warranty from, from yeah. Build Store, right? And, yeah. And you provide... So you can link... That's great. So you can link the mortgage with the warranty and then also the um, building regulation inspections can also be carried out by the warranty provider. That's correct? Yeah, the inspector. Yes. So you can link that together. So you're really getting everything under one roof, which means each each element is talking to each other, which makes it run smoothly. Very much so. I mean, as part of the valuation process for the mortgage journey, the the, the, the valuer that's, that's sent out from the lender will give us the site value on day one. It tells us the end value, projects the end value of the project, and it will tell us the reinstatement value. Now, that's quite an important one yes. because that's the level of site insurance that needs to be put in place effectively, ensuring the building, if it was damaged irreparably, what yeah. would it, the cost of be of demolition, clearance, and rebuild? Um, so it, it makes sense for that to net into that mortgage journey because we'll find the reinstatement value as part of the, the, the overall journey we're doing with the customer. So it's something we can hold their hand uh, as, as the overall support process that we put in place. And that warranty needs to be put in place before work starts on site. Yeah. It can be done retrospectively. But not ideal. But better not. Um, better to do it at the start. Um, or Certainly the further you go on in the project, the more expensive it can become. Good. So just running on from the warranty then, Tom, you see the warranty, the mortgage, for Build Store, at what point do Build Store become involved or can become involved with a, a, a self-build project? And how long do you stay with the project? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good question again, Tim. It's, I mean, our, our incubation period with a customer can can be years rather than months as they, they try and find the ideal plot. And we might be helping them establish a budget so they can then go and find a suitable plot based on a budget and a build, how their, their aspirations to build something. Um, but when the point comes when we're physically arranging the mortgage, it's from um, early budgeting, mortgage application and advice process. Um, Bill Store distribute quite a large percentage of the lenders exclusively um, and work with a number of lending partners, building societies. Um, 
we'll manage the application process, more establish the bill costs are responsible. There is a costing service that the client can have in terms of supporting and uh, getting, getting the guidance for that. Um, internally, creating the cash flow mm -hmm. for the customer, um, ensuring the right site insurance and warranties in place. We will manage the stage release process for the customer. So the customer service team have got a real handholding from the point where they receive the application, not just to the point where the mortgage starts, but right through the build in terms of stage releases. Yes. Our customer service team, again, will engage with the customer on a regular basis throughout the build to make sure it's in time, to make sure it's in budget. Um, and I think the customer, therefore, feels their hands really been held all the way from the start, not just to organise a mortgage, because it's more than that. It's ensuring the build's completed. And that, that hand-holding, I think, is an essential and key difference in terms of a process. Tom, tell me now, build store, I come to you for a mortgage. Am I actually getting the mortgage from you, or how does it work? Where do you get the money from? Where does that mortgage money come from? Would it be? Yeah. Again, Tim, predominantly building societies. Many of them, as I said, uh, lend exclusively through build store, and we'll distribute that funding on their behalf and, um, again, risk mitigating. Um, so as, as you know, mortgage advisors uh, can be tied to one particular lender, we lend from a, a wide range of lenders in the marketplace to effectively ensure that the client's finding the most suitable lender for their project. That's by way of both cash flow, affordability, um, and then that hand-holding okay. process. So you will assess. I, I arrive, I have a chat to you. I say, well, this is my um, salary. My wife is also working, or my wife may not be working. I've got some savings. I've got some property to sell to put towards the mortgage. And this is the type of business I work in as well. What type of, or this is the business that I have. I'm self-employed. I may be employed. I may be self-employed. So you will take all those different points of consideration, assess that, and then you will go to the different lenders or put our package together of our our. Of our financial situation and put that out to the different building societies who are specialists within the self-build industry and find the best uh, mortgage, the best um, building society for, for me. For specific project. Yeah. It's, it's okay. an advice and recommendation process, so we will select the most appropriate lender. Um, <clears throat> and that can be a number of factors that lead, that lead us to the lender. It could be income and affordability-based. Um, it quite often will be design-based. Um, we're very fortunate in terms of uh, lenders supporting the off-site manufacturing industry, um, timber frame, oak frame, SIPs, ICF. Um, what the lenders certainly have a genuine interest in and can change the number of lenders that can support a project is what we wrap a building in. Okay, yes. Um, because architects are great at bringing to life design for the customer. Um, and that might include flat roofs, sedum roofs. Yes. Um, it could include lightweight cladding. So many of the off-site manufacturers' systems don't necessarily need a masonry element to them. It could be a cement render board or mm -hmm. timber cladding, cement composite materials. But some of the lenders like to see a higher level of masonry, perhaps 50% of the overall structure of the building. is. Um, so, you know, ma and masonry element, and a higher level of masonry element, often above 50%, certainly could increase the number of lenders open to the client. And I imagine this is since Grenfell, is it? The, the, the fire, there are a number of factors uh, involving, I mean, some of the 
some of the, some some timber materials require maintaining. Yes. Um, and if you don't maintain them, then they will deteriorate and can affect security for the lender. Okay. Um, so. So in the uh, design, <laughs> then we need to think from our architectural side uh, for our customer. We need to think about how we're designing the house, all the, the external encapsulation, how much brickwork, masonry, stonework is being incorporated. If it's render, is it onto block work or is it onto a lightweight board. render board? Yeah. And and the more we work with that, we can work the design into being open for more lenders, which may make it a better proposition for yeah. the, for the yeah. customer. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's, it's very unusual not for, for us not to be able to find a lending solution for a client and, and most designs. Um, but certainly design could restrict the client's choice, particularly around the material palette that's on the outside of the building. And therefore, again, when do you talk about the finance? Um, we talk about it at the budgeting stage as early as possible yes. because then we can be engaging with the client on what, what are the aspirations in terms of the design. We can be talking to the architect, talking to the manufacturer to say you know, what's going on the outside and what impact do those choices have on the customer in terms of mortgageability. Okay. Now, I think we, there aren't many more questions I can think of asking, but the one thing I do know, there is some quite exciting news in the self-build industry at the moment, and self, uh, custom build have been very much p part of that, creating that news. So what have you got to tell us? Oh, I know well, it's early yeah. days. <laughs> what have we got on the horizon? So yeah, there's, some, there's been a number of exciting changes over the last few years with the right to build uh, legislation in England. Uh, local authorities are now um, obliged to, 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 to maintain a register of anyone that wants to self-build their own home. So for those that do, go on to your local authorities and, and, and register. Um, the, we had the Conservative government, of course, uh, in December providing with the manifesto that they're, they're going to bring, extend the help to buy scheme into the self and custom build sector, um, which will be a, a help to build. Help to build. Wow, that's that, that, I'm looking forward to that. So Exciting for our custom tips. build sites then, we can people can apply for the help to build. So... As I understand, all the I's and the T's, the I's have not been dotted and the T's haven't been crossed completely, but this is coming. This is yeah. on its way. Yeah, I, th I think hopefully autumn time we'll get the, the details through and finalised, but it's certainly been worked on as we speak at the moment. The, the local, it again, was highlighted in the local, the, the most recent spending review about the, 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 the delivery of uh, the, the help to build scheme and that that's exciting because that that might you know wow. change the demographics slightly um but offer that that level of deposit for people which well i know the youngsters in our in our business who've built their own homes the uh, both charlie and craig have uh, but recently completed and they managed to get themselves onto the self-build ladder. I know that we have many other youngsters within the company who would love to join the self-build um, journey, and and it is just bringing that finance to. And I think it can be it can be the tipping point. This could be the tipping point between being able to do it and not being able to do it. Yeah. Getting on the ladder with the first self-build, which once people, you really, I think once you once you've built your own home, you're never going to want to ideally buy a house if you can help it you're going to want to be creating your own design in your own home and it gets people onto the ladder so this so the, the right to build yeah the custom help build. To, sorry help to build <laughs> build help to build fantastic and i know you're involved um in your own site uh, which is a multiple plot development which hopefully we'll start to see uh, the sector vol volume creating volume um, by multiple plot developments and, and we've, we've seen some really exciting ones brought to the market already 
um, councils now having their own developments, uh, which is just really exciting to bring multiple plot developments forward. And, and we've worked, uh, again, our, our product design team have worked tirelessly to ensure that there's products specifically for to meet the demand for custom build um, and help to build, again, would just be another extension to help um, deliver more self and custom build housing to the UK. I think it's really exciting that more people have the opportunity to design their own family homes. Well, it'd be great to work together. I'd love to be able to say that we could take it from 10 or 12%. It would be wonderful in this country if we could bring it up to somewhere around 20, 25% of all houses being uh, self-built. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it would be. Tom, that's been a wonderful conversation. I I hope that we've uh, managed to cover most of the topics. I'm sure there might be other little bits and pieces there, but Tom McSherry, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Tim. Thanks very much. Hopefully we've answered all of your questions there. There'll be lots more stories to come, so please subscribe. Uh, if you have any questions, you can leave them in the, in the in the comment section. But also, please, we have Tom McSherry with the years of experience, so you can contact Build Store or indeed regarding oak frames and architectural design, please contact Oak Rights.